you're listening to Alexa Kruger from Behind the Music at SOAS Radio. Today we have the wonderful opportunity of having Reem Kalani in the studio. She's a Palestinian singer, musicologist and broadcaster. She's done extensive research into Palestinian music and that of the diaspora. She's discovered many songs along her travels, often singing the genre Furakiyat, songs that people sing for their loved ones as they part company. She'll be performing at the London Jazz Festival this Sunday, 22nd of November at Rich Mix. And she joins us at Sarah's Radio to talk about her music and influences. Welcome to the studio, Reem. Thank you, Alexa, and hello, Sarah's Radio. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So I've asked you to bring in six songs today for you to talk about and to tell us about your musical journey in the last you know, 20 years that you've been singing or well, since you were a child. And so the first song that you've picked for us, could you tell us a bit about it and the Big Mamas, it says on the CD. So what does that mean? Well, a Big Mama is a, a literal but also a metaphoric um, expression. It's, um, it's very universal. It's not strictly Palestinian. It could be an old Scottish woman doing a walking song with softening the tweed as she's singing. It could be an African woman um, telling stories through music. It could be a wonderful gospel Big Mama or Bessie Smith. Mm. And, mm. and in this case, it's the Palestinian women who were born long before 1948, the creation of the State of Israel. So they've got a lot of the music that's been there for hundreds of years. And they're that the reservoir, the repository of the oral musical tradition for Palestine. Oh, wow. And this song that we're going to play, what's it called? Um, it's called Yaghzayil. Ghzayil is um, diminutive for Ghazal, which is a gazelle. Um, and Reem means gazelle, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely not small and not slim. <laughs> so, so that's out. You know, for anyone who doesn't know how I look like, relax. <laughs> and she just sang it for me. Um, I, um, this is part of my field recording. So since this is Soul's Radio, I also wanted to share this with the musico- musicology students. I wasn't trained as a musicologist. In fact, I wasn't even trained as a musician. But I started singing from age four, um, semi-professionally, and then age 26 professionally till now, the ripe age of 52. But I've been along the last um, over 30 years actually recording women. And this particular woman, who's sadly no longer with us, it was recorded in a refugee camp called Burjil Barajne. Um, in Beirut, unfortunately, Burjil Barajne was um, the target of the terrorist attack four days ago. So can you imagine how... You know, so yeah. it's full of refugees, and it wasn't just Palestinian refugees. Also, after the Syrian civil war, it was full of Syrian refugees, and um, so this song was recorded in Burjil Barajne as far back as 1997. Wow, let's hear it. <laughs> يا مين بشير هالي روع عشير طيبة يا غزي العلال أنا وشربت أقولك أنا يا ذلك من بعد أنا من تأخذ يا مين صابة الله يا غزي طالع طالع رمان الديرك دالع ونحطوني بالحابس ما فتخيك هالسابع يا غزي القلو قلو نزعل ولا نظلله قضينا العمر كله بالوعيد وواقفينا يعني وعدته <تصفيق> انا مش وعد فلسطيني قضينا العمر كله بقولنا لما يحاول يعني وعدته انه بدك شو هالغنان الحلوه؟ اي ما بدك احكي هينا قاعدين
was me trying to tell her, go on, go on. <laughs> what, what is she saying? What is she singing? Um, the, she was singing um, the, 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 the genre that you pronounced <laughs> brilliantly, um, <laughs> and as I said, it's long before 1948, so it's, it's actionary, not just reactionary mm-hmm. music. Everyone says goodbye to their loved ones, whether there's occupation or not. And, um, and it's, it's, she's talking to this gazelle, and the gazelle is leaving, and the gazelle could also be the lover or the beloved. And, um, you know, I will wait for you. And once you go, who's going to look after me? And there's um, some juicy, naughty bits. So <laughs> Gzayel could also be a woman. And your breasts are rife as pomegranates. <laughs> and, and please buckle up your shirt because I can see the right pomegranates. So it's just sensual. But it's not it's, pornographic. It's, 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 it's sensuous. And this woman is totally veiled and didn't stop her. And, you know, with the mm. golden tooth sticking out, it's mm. just brilliant. And so you heard her sing this in 1997 in the refugee camp. camp. And for musicology students, the particular um, mode is called bayati. And it's bayati, um, the tonic is in D and the microtone Mm. is E half flat and B half flat. And um, it's very common in rural Palestinian and greater Syrian tradition. Mm -hmm. And as you could hear, it's ostinato and it goes on and on and it's meant to be mesmerizing. Yeah, it's quite lilting. And I will be performing this as well at Rich Mix this Sunday. This song has been in your repertoire for No, actually, this has been in my collection for years. Okay. I only (laughs) arranged it um, the last six months. Oh, wow, okay. There's so many songs. I'm waiting for me to arrange. I don't know if, if I'll have enough time to do that. How many songs have you got in your collection? Oh, my gosh. I can't remember now. I mean, I've got at least um, 50 sessions, and every song, every session would have 10 to 15 songs. So wow. do the arithmetic. Yeah. Okay. So we should talk about your next choice, which yes. is Barbara, French oh, yes. iconic singer from the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved this track when you sent it to me and um, I was reading about how important the this song was a contribution to the Franco-German re- reconciliation yes, at the end of the war. So why Barbara and where does her music lie within your your beliefs and influences? And um, Let me also mm. point out that I gave you this choice mm. of song, French yeah. song, yeah. a month ago. Yeah. So I spoke about the um, terrorist attack in France uh, I beg your pardon, in Burj Barajne four days ago, mm-hmm. and then in France two days ago. So, yet another track that's very topical. Yeah, definitely. So, dear listeners, none of this is a fix, I can promise you. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm a woman. Second of all, I'm a feminist. Third of all, I'm a political activist. Um, and Barbara was these three things. Uh, she was born into a Jewish family. She spent her youth in hiding um, during the, the Vichy. Um, era in in France. So can you imagine, you know, growing up in hiding? Um, But yet she never played the victim, uh, being Jewish, being French-Juif. And what she'd gone through was actually part of her creativity, part of her beautiful grunge, part of her resilience. And I heard her once when I was studying at Institut Francais as a child, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, as a teenager in Kuwait. And when my French teacher played it, I played it, I thought, God, it's just you know, and everybody likes um, Elif Piaf. Um, it just happens that I don't, um, because that quality of the sound, is, some would love it. For me, as a singer, it's too nasal. So it's it's my taste rather than the absolute fact. So when I heard this woman, I thought, hey, that's a voice that's not nasal. It's very subtle. It comes from her guts. And, and my teacher played this song, Göttingen, and I just 
and then she, my teacher played another song called L'Aigle Noir, The Black Eagle. And that's when I heard the song again when I was 25, and I thought, I want to fly like that black eagle. I don't want to continue doing biology. I, I am a trained biologist, and I was actually doing my master's degree at King's College <laughs> in aquatic resource management before I decided I can't do this anymore. Um, so, in fact, in my first album, the studio album, Sprinting Gazelle, on track six called Yearning, the dedication is for Barbara. And maybe if you play the song now, listeners will know why. Bien sûr, ce n'est pas la scène, ce n'est pas le bois de Vincennes, mais c'est bien joli tout de même, à Göttingen, à Göttingen. Pas de quai, pas de rengaine, qui se lamente et qui se traîne, mais l'amour y fleurit quand même, à Göttingen, à Göttingen. Ils savent mieux que nous, je pense, l'histoire de nos rois de France. Hermann, Peter, Elga et Anse à Göttingen. Et que personne ne s'offense, mais les contes de notre enfance. Il était une fois commence Göttingen. Bien sûr, nous nous avons la scène, et puis notre bois de scène. Mais Dieu que les roses sont belles à Göttingen, à Göttingen. Nous, nous avons nos matins blêmes et l'ombre grise de Verlaine. C'est la mélancolie même à Göttingen, à Göttingen. Quand ils ne savent rien nous dire, ils restent là à nous sourire. Mais nous les comprenons quand même, les enfants blonds de Göttingen. Et tant pis pour ceux qui s'étonnent et que les autres me pardonnent. Mais les enfants, ce sont les mêmes à Paris ou à Göttingen. Au fait que jamais ne revienne le temps du sang et de la haine. Car il y a des gens que j'aime à Göttingen, à Göttingen. Et lorsque sonnerait l'alarme, s'il fallait reprendre les armes, mon cœur verserait une larme pour Göttingen, pour Göttingen. Mais c'est bien joli tout de même, à Göttingen, à Göttingen. Et lorsque sonnerait l'alarme, s'il fallait reprendre les armes, mon cœur verserait une larme pour Göttingen, pour Göttingen. Wow. Double wow in your northern accent. Beautiful. I mean, this song was released in um, 1912. Was it 59, 1960? You wrote that this song is dedicated to the French singer Barbara, whose music taught me to turn anger into inner peace. Absolutely. 
this album is you can kind of feel the some of the suffering but also some of the celebration in it as well absolutely it's what palestinians call sumud s-u-m-o-u-d resilience steadfastness but when i wrote yearning um, i had lost my voice by then working with someone whose politics didn't match mine and i i call it the intifada of the voice my voice went for 10 months um so at the beginning of this song yearning you will hear me hum simply because I was paying homage to the time when I was voiceless and speechless. I, when I wrote the music, I w- couldn't even hum it. Um, and I was so angry with this person, I felt compromised politically. And through working on that song, I turned my anger into inner peace and realized revenge and negativity um, can make you worse. Creativity and moving on can make you better. And that's why I related it to Barbara and dedicated it to her. Beautiful. Well, I think we should uh, play Yearning now. Of the sprinting gazelle.
وبكت تعزيه السماء Wow, you can definitely hear the Barbara influence there. I hope so. I apologize that I'm not good enough, you know. And this is not fake modesty. This is just, I am in awe of people like Barbara and Big Mamas. Just awe. Yeah. They're a total inspiration for me. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I thought we could go back to your childhood and growing up because you you were born in uh, Manchester in England. <laughs> And you left there when you were two, is that right? Yes, my parents left. Uh, my father went back to Kuwait uh, to resume his work as a physician because he had trained in England. That's why I was born there. Oh, and I was okay. conceived as well, not just... <laughs> too much information. <laughs> no, not at all. So, so you grew up in Kuwait and... Informative, yes. And the track that you were sent us was the Pearl Fishers. Or the Pearl, Pearl Divers. And Fishers for diving and fishing. Pearls. Mm. And that's and that's what they actually did as their job. This is before the um, discovery of that awful, evil black liquid called petrol, which is one of the main reasons why we're in the mess we are politically um, decades later. So before the um, discovery of petrol um, in the Gulf, I'm not saying neither Arabian nor Persian, we're solar, so let's just call it the Gulf. And um, in in the Arab part of the Gulf, um, before petrol, they would um, dive for for pearls, and they would spend days and days and days and days, sometimes weeks, sometimes months, scorching heat with nothing but rice to eat and seawater to drink, and pulling ropes and pulling divers. And sometimes these divers are eaten by sharks. In fact, one of the most for the first ever Kuwaiti film called Basia Bahar. Enough of that sea talking to see is about the mother losing her child to a shark while he was trying to get her a big pearl and then at the end of the film she throws the pearl back into the sea and she said take the pearl and give me back my son and yes yes I know today it's a national crying day <laughs> but also national resilience yeah. um, crying you acknowledge your pain and then it makes you much stronger grieving is good by the way um, but you see the results long term, not short term. So um, that music I heard as a child on that film, uh, the rhythmic patterns are incredible. Um, and there is this misconception that there is no polyphony in Arabic music. Of course, there isn't Western polyphony in Arabic music. But listen to the syncopated clapping and to the very subtle, what I would call primordial polyphony, and you'll see what I mean. So can you introduce the track? So this particular track is called by Al Amiri Ensemble, I think either Kuwait or Qatar, but it's definitely from the Gulf, and you will hear these amazing sounds. <laughs>
so the pearl fishers. Psychedelic golf, let's go. <laughs> it's very trance-like, isn't Oof. it? It's so many you never get tired going, of it. going on. What is it about the, the song and the layers that really Just draws you in? Imagine growing up in a country where this is one of the uh, strands of folk music. And if you notice the pulse and the, the pulse itself, the main pulse is very much like a, the waves. Mm. And then the actual syncopated clapping is when the sea is rough. It's the climax of things, and then it comes down again. And the lyrics, although they're quite in- incomprehensible, even for native Arab speakers such as myself, but in general, the lyrics would be um, threefold. One would be talking to the sea, you know, humanizing the sea and talking, you know, be my friend, you're not my enemy, don't eat my men. Um, the second part is talking about their memories from, you know, they're, when they're with loved ones and family. But also the third one, and it's you can see it reflecting in the drone, is meditational, like the Sufi. They're not necessarily Sufis, but it's meditational yeah. to ask the divine, to ask Allah, God, to give them strength on this very, very, very hard journey. It's mm, wonderful yeah. having those musical yeah, yeah. elements. Feel, yeah, I feel privileged, totally privileged that I was exposed to this. And um, it has affected a lot of my arrangements, especially, say, in Sprinting Gazelle, you will hear on track two, the Camellia tormented my heart. You can see a lot of these influences. Yeah, yeah I'm blessed. Thank you for sharing that Not with us, all, really. pleasure. So going from Kuwait mm-hmm. to Spain. Olé. Cameron and tomita, tomatito? Tomatito, the, small, the small tomato. Aha, that makes sense. Mm. And the song, that you've picked is also another live performance which is which is wonderful actually it's, his voice is it's incredible. incredible what i would like to invite you and the listeners to do is if the gulf music is still in their ears keep it there as your drone in the back and then put this layer of camaron de la isla it's not his real name camaron de la isla means uh, the small shrimp from the island because he was from cadiz so they always give titles, and his guitarist, an amazing guitarist, who was a student of the late Paco de Lucia, and his name is Tomatito, the small tomato. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can listen to the influence, and then maybe perhaps after playing the song, we can talk about this influence and take mm-hmm. it from there.
nadie le cuento yo Por Dios, toma, 
Cameron and Tom Matito. See? What a voice. Talks to, to the divine, prehistoric, straight from his existential being, from his gut, from his, sorry, balls, you know, from everything. Um, apologies, I'm talking mm -hmm. biology here, not the hanky panky. Um, and if you noticed, he began with and and this comes from the Arabic yaleli, 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 So lail means night. So they use that word just to play on it. So they you use a word full of um, vowels so that you can have a melisma in it. And if you listen, I'm going to use this, hopefully, the same pitch, and, and listen to the first lines of the call to the prayers in the Muslim world using maqam hijaz, um, as you heard here. Um, and see, and you, you'll see the similarity, and then we can talk a bit about that, how I fit into this, mm -hmm. not just I personally, but collectively. Allahu Akbar, When I hear Cameron, it reminds me of the minarets of Kuwait and the minarets of Jerusalem. Uh, it's actually quite ironic that the almost 800 years of the Arab and Muslim presence is not much featured for many reasons. So roughly they were there from, God, I forgot, 750 to 1492. In Spain. In, in Spain. And this is quite relevant to my last few days in Lancashire, yeah. um, my birthplace, but I was talking I was working with some um, school children, and most of the class was Asian, Asian Muslim mm. origin, born and bred British. Mm -hmm. And I got to the bit of Al-Andalus, which is Arabic for Andalusia, and not one student knew what it was. Mm. And um, I'm going to be quite blunt here, most of them go to mosque and they learn um, cantillation, tajweed of the Quran. Um, they know all about the religion, uh, the rituals and the dogma. And there was not a shred of knowledge on the history of the Islamic and Arab civilization. So I think also a lot of the problems we have now in the Arab and Muslim psyche is that we're separated from um, connection with the golden era mm, of yeah. the Arab and Muslim civilization. And the reason why I say Arab and Muslim, not neither nor, because there were um, um, Muslims who were not Arab and Arabs who were not Muslims. And one of the great philosophers, Maimonides, in Arabic, mm. Ibn Maimun, was actually Jewish. Um, and that will connect you later to Ladino, this amazing... Um, Which is a Sephardic. Um, a Sephardic um, beautiful. I also mm. relate to that as a Muslim Palestinian, believe it or not, culturally. Um, so I was once in Jerez uh, de la Frontera, which is one of the centers of teaching flamenco, where, um, no, he, he came from Cadiz, Cameron, I apologize. So anyways, I was there and there was talk in this conference and all the credit that for flamenco was given is judio, Jewish, or gitano, gypsy. And there was hardly any mention. So it wasn't just the Muslims who are not in, con in connection with their own history, but also people in Iberia, or people who are uh, flamenquitos, people interested in flamenco. And I just stood up and I said, well, you have Jews and gypsies in Romania, you have Jews and gypsies in Hungary, but how come you don't have flamenco? Mm -hmm. And it yeah. just, you know, and that shows something. And you've heard the pearl fishers, you've heard Cameron, you've heard me trying to call to prayers, um, some 
some Orthodox Muslims won't like the fact that a woman just did it, but I did it for musical and spiritual reasons. In your yeah. face, mate. <laughs> and um, so there was the Leili Leili from comes from the Arabic directly, Ain. And then the other thing you heard the audience collectively shout, yeah. and Ole. Believe it or not, according to the great Spanish poet Federico García Lorca, who was a, a flamenco um, fanatic, comes from Allah. And it's when you feel, witness the presence of the divine, when um, you feel something, not just as a performer, but between yourself and your maker, if you believe in one, yourself and the musicians around you, yourself and the audience. And everyone does it instinctively at the same time. And in the Sufi tradition, when people have the trance, and they feel that uh, spiritual climax, they say, Allah! So Lorca, um, the other thing that Lorca did is he coined these two amazing expressions, cante hondo, deep singing, and cante chico, which is like what you hear with gypsy kings and a lot of clapping and uh, mm. foot tapping. Uh, but this particular cante hondo is where flamenco dancers just use your hands in hand movements called silencio. And actually, it's very Eastern in origin. If you look at it, you think it's a Tai Chi class. Um, so, the tomatito now, um, you and I were talking yeah. um, behind the mics when they were off that you mentioned to me actually, uh, it, was, it was a lovely quote, I yeah. don't know if you could share it with, with me. Huh? Yeah, I was reading about tomatito, he said that his elements of jazz and his style of flamenco, he said that it emerged as a response to discrimination, a cry of suffering mm-hmm. or the joy of liberation. And I, I kind of see the parallels here with, with your music and the, the, I mean, he's a Romani and so is Camer, Cameron. Yes. And kind of that nomadic feel of, you know, having this liberation, mm. but also suffering. So they kind of go hand Brilliant. in hand. It's nomadic, it's counterculture, it's subversive, it's anti-establishment, mm. it's, sub, uh, it's oppressed, but it's resilient. And that applies to many communities um, from, you know, the Scottish diaspora, Irish, Jewish diaspora, the, the gypsies, the Palestinians, the Kurds, you know, there is no such thing as the ultimate victim. The great Palestinian um, um, uh, critical theorist, Edward Said, um, mentioned about, you know, the expression, the ultimate victim. And that's the beauty that suffering, just like the gypsy line, it floats around and with that comes creativity. So uh, if you watch an, a wonderful film called Lacho Drum, which is Romani for safe journey, by an Algerian gypsy filmmaker called Tony Gatlif, where there is hardly any speech. The camera starts in Rajasthan, follows the gypsy family, and the camera keeps on going to Egypt. And you'll see a gypsy Egyptian woman singing, and then she sticks out her bosom and feeds the baby while she's singing and dancing. And it goes up to Turkey uh, and so on, and to a Holocaust um, survivor, a Holocaust survivor who's got actually the awful number tattooed on her wrist. And then it ends um, in, Granada and this gypsy woman looks at the camera, looks at you and she says, if only you can treat me the way you treat your dogs. That day when I watched that film, that was the last day my husband took me to the cinema. He vowed after that never ever to take me to the cinema with him because I wasn't even crying when she sang that line. I started wailing, wailing and I, you know, really wailing and and my husband um, is gloating now because he no longer takes me to the cinema. But speaking of Tony Gatlif, this um, Algerian um, a gypsy filmmaker who made Safe Journey, La Chodron, which I recommend that all your students, your colleagues watch. He made another film, which is um, not a music documentary, but actually uh, more of a um, fiction drama called Bengo. And, and in the film, you will see Tomatito playing with a great Sufi Egyptian singer called the Sheikh Tumi. Oh! 
and and that connects with what 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 you said as well. So I recommend these two films, La Chodron and Vengo by Tony Gatliff. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Room. De nada. <laughs> so we're going to go from from Spain, from Andalusia to Billie Holiday, and which is your what, the second to last track that you've picked for us mm-hmm. for so as radio, and an amazing song, Strange oh. Fruit. Oh. Shall we just listen to it? <laughs> yes, please, and then we can talk after yeah. that. Southern trees bear strange fruit Blood on the leaves and blood at the root Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Pastoral scene. Of the gallant south, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth, scent of magnolia, sweet and fresh. Then the sudden smell of Burning flesh. Here is a fruit for the crows to pluck, for the rain to gather, for the wind to suck, for the sun to rock. Father tree to drop. Here is a strange and bitter Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. And you'll be performing this on Sunday at Rich Mix. Yes, right. Sunday the 22nd, Rich Mix, part of London Jazz Festival. And in this particular song, we're mixing it with a almost harmonic minor Arabic mode called Nahawand. And um, there's something beautiful about this maqam in Arabic because it doesn't have microtones, yet it feels very, very, very Levantine, um, very Arabic. And um, the lyrics were written by uh, a Jewish poet, Abel Miropol. And... I can't remember who the musician, who the composer was, but uh, he was Jewish, as I said. And the the lyrics are quite haunting: the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. Mm. And it's about lynching yeah. of African Americans. Mm. And as the bodies hang down from the tree like strange fruit, uh, it's just 
And uh, I don't think it was easy for Billie Holiday to sing this for a while. And Billie Holiday, like like Barbara, you know, these singers, also political activists, Nina Simone, they didn't hide their politics. Why should I? They suffered because of their political views. Why shouldn't I yeah. suffer? You know, as a, as a, as a Palestinian musician who, who is an activist. So they inspire me on so many levels. And that's what Strange Fruit is all about. And it connects to what Edward Said said when we talked about the song before, that the ultimate victim, mm. no one is, you know. Mm. And you, this is about lynching. What's a Palestinian born in Manchester uh, doing singing a song about lynching? Because it's a humanist thing. And we discuss human values and relate to them and perform them. And this song was released in 1939. Can you imagine? And the re- relevance of, of the lyrics then is yeah. just as relevant now. Whenever I perform it, there's always a few nanoseconds of total silence from the audience before they applaud. It's, it's almost every time without fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting serenaded by a blues guitar downstairs in the studio downstairs room. <laughs> Yes, I can, I can feel that, but um, that wasn't me singing the blues, although I'd love to. But on Sunday you'll be, so there's a connection between, um, in your music, between jazz and the Arabic maqams and the, the styles. They, yes. they, they intertwine, don't they? Well, I think so. Many um, music critics and many people who work in the music industry and even the world music industry, uh, they like to pigeonhole. Um, genres, even the word genre is so restricting. Yeah. Whereas for me, it just makes sense. They connect, um, not just politically, because jazz is, was in its genesis the music of the oppressed and the marginalized, but musically, and also the taksim, the improvisation, the mawal, the vocal improvisation, um, uh, also having riffs and the band members taking turns playing, you know, the main melodic center and riffs. It's very much Arabic music. So it's not exactly in terms of melo- uh, musical intervals and musicology, it's a lot more subtle and yet much deeper, the connection. And I, so I can't remember which journalist once asked me, very patronizing, you know, neo-colonialist thing, you know, how come you're an Arab and you sing jazz and blues? And my answer was, because I'm an Arab, I sing jazz and blues. So what should we expect from your show on Sunday? Well, one thing you will definitely expect that I will not be having Cleopatra eye makeup and tattoos and oh, with the drum loop behind me, which is one, unfortunately, the world music industry, for them, that is Arabic music. The majority, not all of them, let's be clear here, but the majority, and I will underline majority twice. I, I cracked the code after years. I mean, in many elements of the world music industry, I find it quite neo-colonialist, actually, because it tells people from the global south how they should sound. And I find that quite offensive, and it's part of my political activism because it's also protecting my musical collective with capital C. Yeah. So um, if you look ethnic and you sound fusion, they approve of you. But if you're like me, <laughs> you look fusion and you sing, you sing original ethnic stuff, no, that's not Arabic enough for them. So that's definitely one thing to expect on Sunday. Plus uh, bipolar singing moods, you know, yeah. plus sumud, S-U-M-O-U-D, Brazilian steadfastness, plus wrist lashing stuff like <laughs> like Strange Fruit, um, amazing rhythms. One of the songs we're going to perform is in 17-8. Oh, wow. And we'll doing, be doing palmas, clapping, or in Arabic, safqa, alongside that track. And I will be taking the, li- the listeners and the viewers 
um, journey all the way from the Gulf to Egypt to Tunisia to Turkey to Spain and to American blues. And that's why they, the, 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 the subtitle of this particular gig is called From Arabic Modes to American Blues. Mm, wow. And what um, what musicians will you have on stage with you? Um, amazing musicians. I'm very proud of them. I've been working with them for years. Um, basically, I learn jazz from them and they learn Arabic music from me and I've taken them to many Arab countries um, for them to work with Arab mm. musicians. The band will feature, really, I'm very proud of them, a, a core rhythm section on piano, um, Bruno Heinen, whose jazz album this year has been named by Ivan Hewitt, one of the best jazz albums of 2015. It's called Postcard to Bill Evans and uh-huh. he will be playing Bill Evans plus Arabic music. Mm. That's Bruno Heinen. On double bass, um, Ryan Trebalcock, um from Cornwall. He always says I'm Cornish, I'm not English. And on drums, uh, all the way from Italy, an incredible jazz um, drummer who also plays Arabic uh, percussion, Antonio Fusco from Napoli, very Napolitan, not Italian. And uh, the fourth instrumentalist who will play as, w- as well uh, alongside the jazz rhythm section is Ian East, um, plays the flute, the saxophone but also your favorite instrument not just the clarinet but the bass clarinet which will feature um, so that is uh, basically a jazz rhythm section with reeds mixing arabic modes and all the way to american blues wow it's going to be an incredible show so please go down and see reem kalani part of the london jazz festival at rich mix in bethnal green this sunday it's going to be a wonderful show. I'm Inshallah. Can't wait. Can't wait. And so we're going to finish the show with a song that's off an album that's not yet released, which is Alive at the Tabernacle. And you've been listening to Alexa Kruger and the Shalom. wonderful Reem Kalani at Behind the Music. So do you want to end the show? Just give us a quick information about the song, Reem. There's no such thing as quick with an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, basically, it's uh, technically from my long-term project on the Egyptian composer Sayyid Darwish, 1892-1923. So it's Egyptian, but it also features on my album very soon to come out, inshallah, hopefully February 2016, live at the Tabernacle. And it's a song that Sayyid Darwish wrote with his amazing librettist, Badia Khairi, and it's very much like the Brecht and Kurt Weill partnership. So it's opera comique, it's a musical. Um, and of course, world music would never consider that an Egyptian song, although it's very Egyptian. And it was written in 1918. And the amazing thing about this song is it's about Egyptians celebrating at armistice because Woodrow Wilson had promised Egypt independence if Egypt helped in the war effort, which Egypt did. So this particular song, these two very religious Muslim Egyptian men hear the news on the 11th hour of the 11th day, and they're rejoicing that we will get independence, of course, that, that they won't. So what Sayyid Darwish does brilliantly is he switches from one maqam to the other in the song. So the first maqam is ajam, which technically means non-Arab, which is major. Mm-hmm. major. Mm-hmm. And the second maqam, which is the equivalent of the blues, not in interval, but in, in sentiment, called saba, S-A-B-A. So the ajam bit, the happy bit, is about them re- thinking that they are going to get independence, a saba, the very ominous saba. Uh, is about the fact that they won't actually get it. And when I arranged this song, I chose, I spent hours and hours at the National Sound Archives at the British Library, um, listening to infantry jazz bands that played in Egypt and other colonies. Uh, and I, so the major part I arranged exactly as an infantry jazz bag, bag band. 
and the Saba is very Egyptian and full of um, percussion and craziness. And it's called the Preacher's Anthem, Lahn al So these two preachers are sitting there, and the lyrics are quite saucy. They're saying, we're going to go to Europe, we're going to see European women. The, 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 their flesh is white, they taste, they're tasty as blanc mange. I am electrified, let's remove our turban and beware a casquette, a cap, and, 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 and bathe in a tub full of cologne. Very good, very good, very good. We were going to get independence, and of course, they didn't. And that's when the Egyptian revolution in 1919 erupted. War, 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 war. Eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month in Egypt. Iqra' ya Sheikh Kufaa, telegraph akhir saa, illi fi journal al burs, wa na abqa ahlaq daqini in ma kuntish turqusa, turqus, turqus, turqus.
حالا 